everybody needs is they want an AO. Everybody's they want an AO is different, but find that, make your goal and your plan because those are the things that keep you from falling out into the ditch. Within three years of release, two out of three ex-offenders are rearrested. Clearly, something is broken. It's time we strategize ways to prevent repeat offenses. Our brainstorming session starts now. Welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon. Hello and welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon Podcast. I'm your host, Michi J. Today we are finishing up my conversation with Brent Cassidy. He's talking about how he exchanged his nightmare for success. Let's continue that conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome here today to a Prisoner's Party podcast with me, your host, Michi J. And I am so honored and blessed to have you here listening. Our guest today is Brent Cassidy. Now, Brent is the author of the book, Nightmare Success. And like he said, in his book, he had it all and it lost it all, finding himself at the gates of Leavenworth Prison. Five steps. Yeah, I, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to go through those five steps. Yeah, please I'll, I'll go run through, through that. pretty quickly. Sure. But the thing about these five steps, I, first of all, I think they're really good for prison, but I also mm-hmm. think they're really good for life and they're good for business. Mm-hmm. I kind of lived these principles before I went to prison, but I I incorporated and implemented when I was in prison and they Mm -hmm. worked really well for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first one, Mm -hmm. the first one is humble yourself and ask for advice. Well, something (laughs) that's that's may knock somebody, a lot of folks out, right? But go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, and and it's not easy to humble yourself. So, you know, but here's the thing. We don't have all the answers. We never do, but you seek you seek out people who you see that are getting it right. For me in prison, it was like, hey, that guy's got a good job. How do you get that job? And that guy over there, he's in the prison yard. He looks like he's just getting by, doing his time better. What's he thinking? What's he doing? You don't have to recreate the wheel. You mm-hmm. just have to go and talk to the people that look like they're doing what you would like. Okay. Or you would what you would aspire to be. In in business, when I was in my twenties and trying to build my company, I would read things and and I would just pick up the phone and call these people. You know, I, hey, I read this article about you and I thought this was really interesting. And surprisingly, these people would pick up the phone and they talk to me because they like to help people. People who are doing well above like these underdog people who will give and, and actually step into their world and ask them questions. Hmm. It's it's you can't lose anything by going and humbling yourself and asking. That's the worst great. they can say is no. no. The worst mm-hmm. they can say is not. But it's it's absolutely shocking how many people will actually talk to you and give you advice and give you wisdoms and nuggets of information. So mm-hmm. that was number one. That helped me in prison because I was able to gather a lot of things that how I wanted to do things by looking around and observing and talking to people about that. The second thing that really helped me out was and. If for those who haven't seen Shawshank Redemption, you should go check it out. Oh, it, yeah, that's it, a great movie. It's mm-hmm. just a great movie. Well, the the premise of the movie is, and I say this to everybody, go find your Zane Wantaneo. And in the movie, Zane Wantaneo is, is that Andy Dufresne is is wrongly convicted of murdering his wife. He's He's got a life sentence for murder, and he's gone into this terrible prison. But he's not going to accept that. He's going to escape. 
<laughs> and he, for 19 years, chips away at a prison wall. And every day, as a reward to himself, he lets that wall out into the yard because he puts holes in his pockets and he lets that wall out. And that, that, that's the release that he's staying on. He's staying on point of what his goal is. So 19 years of chipping through that wall, and he says, and you can see it when he talks about it, Zewantaneo, Zewantaneo. What is Zewantaneo? Zewantaneo is the widest of the sands in Mexico. It's the bluest of the Pacific. It's an old boat that he's going to fix up and take people out fishing. It's an old inn that he's going to invite his friends, and they're going to hang out and have drinks while they watch the sun go down. That's Zewantaneo, and that's what kept him alive. That's what kept him working in his, in his mind. Everybody needs a Zewantaneo. Everybody's Zewantaneo is different, but find that, make your goal and your plan, because those are the things that keep you from falling out into the ditch. Whatever that is that fuels you up, whatever that is that makes you feel a certain way, and you can almost see him looking at the ocean, you can almost see him walking those sands, mm -hmm. whatever that is in your life, that's the thing that you should have is that's your why. And then you make a plan to get there. His plan was is to go through and knock through that <laughs> wall for 19 years. But he was willing to do that because it was such a strong image of what he wanted. So wow. find your Zewantaneo. Zewantaneo. Is that, how do you spell that? Is that like. It's, it's Z-I-H-U-A-N-T-A-N-E-J-O. Okay, that's a long. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind I, of a cool word, though. I like it. Yeah. I remember it now. Okay. But, you, but what it does is it allows you to step, take action, step, step. take action, step. Because if you don't step, if you don't take actions, that's where you get stuck. You get that, you know, institutionalized, like we we're talking about. You start moving backwards. But if you have something that you can step towards, that's what you want. You want action, stepping towards something. That, and stepping towards something that keeps you motivated. Okay. Number three is win the day one day at a time. Unfair things happen. Move on and make a difference regardless. There's no doubt that we all have things that happen that aren't fair. There's just, it's just the way that life is. Mm -hmm. um, but you should still say, okay, that was unfair. There was bad. But what's my win? What's my win? How could I how can I get a win out of this? And to me, and it's making a difference regardless, that that gives you strength. That gives that fills you back up. You know, I might have had something happen here that was real this prison guard told my family to go home after driving for four and a half hours. That's really bad. Yeah, it's a lot of that in there. So it's this horrible. is some good advice. They, okay. They make people feel really uncomfortable. But like I said, you know, with, with win the day, riding down in that calendar, just don't have two bad days in a row. Take, take, take some strategy like that so that you don't, you almost force or trick your brain into not getting caught up in the bad. Have a bad, but don't let it become the bad. That You just are in the bad. It's like that thing where, you know, you've got this big dark hole and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you can't get out. You don't want that. Okay. You almost have to have a strategy. And, you, and the other thing about it is on when the day, mm -hmm. you don't ever really want to look too far ahead. I couldn't look five years ahead of my <laughs> prison sentence. 
uh, I couldn't look three years ahead of my prison. I, I needed to look at what can I do today? What can I do to get to the end of the week? I can handle that. I can, I can, I can chew on that. And that's the same thing when you're out of prison. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Experience, be in the present, and, and do what you can do for today. So are you saying, though, so are you saying, though, that you can, you know, have a plan for a five year plan or something, but you say, but you just do one day at a time. Yeah. How are you going to how how's that plan working for you today? Absolutely. You got a plan. That's your Zay I want to be walking the white beach with the the blue ocean and, and I've got the fishing boat I'm fixing up and I've got the people watching the sun go down. But what am I doing today to step that? Okay. I'm winning this day. I'm winning this day. I'm not going, and I'm not going backwards. I I can't fix the past, which is the next one. Number four is learn from your mistakes. They do not define you, Mm -hmm. but they do make you wiser. And, you know, mistakes happen. Everybody, you know, when you're growing, it's what you do with the mistake that makes you the winner or the loser. Mm -hmm. What you do with that situation is what makes you the winner or loser. How you handle that challenge is what makes you the winner or loser. Life and business is all about making mistakes and growing. It just is. The trick is, is to not keep making the same mistake. Mm -hmm. The trick is, is to learn from the mistake and grow. Learn from the mistake and grow because everybody makes mistakes. Every Every business book you're going to read or any life-changing book you're going to read, everybody's had mistakes along the way. It's what they did with the mistake that made them bigger, made them more successful, made them happier. So don't be afraid of mistakes because they're going to happen. They're not failure. That sounds like like a tip for somebody that's on an interview when they ask those questions like, what did you do with a particular problem that you can actually, most people don't mention their mistakes. So- it's probably good to probably mention one is saying how what you did with it and made it yeah. bigger. Like you, yeah. you became the better person because of it. Not too many, I guess, on it, on the interview, but <laughs> it's good. But, you know, just like I don't think we would have become the person that we are without those mistakes. So we got to, you know, be totally thankful. agree. Michelle. So you, you mentioned yeah. four. What's this last one? Is it? Big? OK, so the last one is, is and it's uh, to me, it's the biggest one. OK, don't give in. Don't give don't in. give up. Mm-hmm. Keep being yourself regardless of the circumstances. Otherwise, you will lose what makes you you. And this is important because if you give up, if you give in or you give up. You fall down this slippery slope of being institutionalized, meaning. You've gotten to so you've gotten so deep into a bad routine that you're scared of any new good opportunity that could make you happy. And and it's really I mean I see I saw guys that were getting very close to the door, you know, of getting out, and they would catch a new um, charge. Really. So so that they could stay in prison because they, they were afraid to- they got so used to prison that they couldn't that scared them on the outside. The walls became their comfort. The fence became their comfort. Which wow. sounds sounds so strange, but is so real. And people do that on the outside. They just oh yeah, they just I, don't have a fence around them. I, you know, it's called a, a spiritual prison. But yeah, um, yeah I, I can. You know, I had that almost happen to me. You know, not stepping out and how you you kind of comfortable there. And yeah. people, you know, they all day they, they'll say, 
you know, well, how are you doing? People will, will respond, living the dream, living the yeah, dream. Yeah, living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> living the dream. Yeah. Wow. This is, you, you, you said it spot on at first. These things are helpful for a person that's in prison or out of a physical prison. Like when they want to step out and um, live their dreams or, you know, yeah. the purpose that they have. Well, and I think, Michelle, what it is, you, you become a prison, a prisoner of your own fears. And, and strangely enough, the ugly comfort becomes the warden of your freedom. So you actually can capture whatever it is that you your potential and squeeze it into this thing that says you can't do it. What did you just say? The warden of your what you said it so, too quick. <laughs> I said the ugly comfort becomes the warden of their freedom. Ugly comfort. Wow, how did that go together? Comfort, ugly comfort <laughs> becomes the warden of their freedom. Wow. Did you make that up? I did. <laughs> I was just reading my own notes here. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. That's deep. It is <laughs> deep because I think that unless people become aware. A lot of people don't even know that they've fallen down into the trap and you almost have to wake yourself up and say, what am I doing? Where am I going? How am I getting there? And have I stopped doing that? You better stop talking to me, Brent. Are you talking to me, Brent? (laughs) Stop talking about me. Uh, (laughs) Wow. This is like really, really good stuff. Is this in your book? These five steps? The five, yeah, five steps are in the book. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is some great stuff. Most of the prison population is black, right? Was it that way? Predominantly. Yeah. I'd say, um, yeah, I'd say that you've got the black is black population is probably the predominant, uh, Hispanic might be second and then, and then white. I think that's the case all over. That's that's mm-hmm. how it works. But what would you say to a listener that might say, you know what, Brent, your stint was easy because you're white. You know, what would you <laughs> what would you say to somebody like that? Well, I can say this because I've been to prison. Um, everybody who goes to prison. Um, they do their time their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't matter what color you are. What I found in prison is, is it's a very primitive environment, mm-hmm. but, and the blacks will be in one uh, TV, the Hispanics, another TV, the whites in the other TV, the hillbillies in the other TV. So there's like four different TVs, but they got a TV too. The hillbillies. <laughs> the hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> but it, what I found, what I found in prison is you walk in on your own. Mm-hmm. And it's all about respect and how you handle yourself. It doesn't matter if you're white. It doesn't matter if you're black or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's how you uh, show respect and how you treat people and who you are. And that's not a bad thing because uh, nobody has any money in prison. <laughs> nobody has. Well, I mean, there's people who who earn their hustles and there's <laughs> people who can get prison rich through stamps and that. But mm-hmm. uh, by and large, everybody walks in the same way and you have to find your way in a prison environment. 
some people have a really hard time and they were probably having a hard time. They probably just didn't change. They were just in prison. And then some people can get by and find their way and uh, make their way in prison and, and make bonds. I have people, I've met some very good people in prison, black, Hispanic, white. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I stay in touch with them. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the misconceptions about prison is that, you know, that we're some kind of prison creatures, you know, <laughs> that we're not sure about how to handle, you know, yourself around them. But there's some really smart guys that were there that, you know, went down the wrong path and made too many steps down that path and ended up in prison. But as far as being bad people, there were bad people, but the majority of them were pretty good people that I met that uh, mm-hmm. probably didn't probably didn't deserve to be in prison. They, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, that were there because it's federal was drugs. And there's people that uh, I was there with that maybe needed an eight week drug treatment, not a prison sentence. Yeah, that's yeah, that's too bad. I hate to hear about stuff like that. But I think it's a reform, something going on. I know for Fed, federal level, yeah. that they're they're going to be releasing some of them, um, which is a good thing. So with the nonviolent stuff like that, the people that deserve that. Now, that is I wish, you know, you saying at the primitive level like that, I wish that we act more like that outside, you know, because we have a lot of social issues, you know, and it's not at that primitive level. So that is to be really uh, commended there. So, I mean, we don't, you know, we out here on the outside don't look at it that way. Just that was just very interesting to know how people treat one another and, I would and, you know, like to see that uh, more here. Yeah. The other interesting thing about prison is you think, well, guys, there's good, you know, there's a lot of stealing and things like that to go on. There isn't. Uh, there, there's definitely, if you steal in prison, you, you're going to get, <laughs> you're going to be whooped up on. But I mean, there are inmate rules. And if you cross those rules, uh, you'll, you'll be set in place. Um, you know, wow. you don't change, you don't change the channel. <laughs> definitely don't manually change the channel. You don't don't sit in somebody's spot. Definitely don't sit on somebody's bed. <laughs> you, know, you know, those are all kinds of strange things that happen in prison. You have these little rules that you have inmate rules and you have the prison rules, but the inmate rules are how you get, how you get by. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay. That's, that's interesting. You don't change the channel. I mean, that's our rule out here too. You don't change, <laughs> you don't change the channel. <laughs> but anyway, that that's, that's, that's really interesting. I like that. I like how, you know, your family was very supportive. Like you said, your daughter sent you a calendar oh, and yeah. stuff. And um, I do, you know, we do have a lot of listeners out here that have family members that's yeah. in and how do I just want what, you know, what would you say to them and how, how can they support them? You know, I like the sending calendars. That's a great mm-hmm. way to support it is. them. Books, books are good because that's kind of an escape. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my wife sent me, I, I think I read a book. I think I read a book a week and, and I would, I'd share those books. I mean, everybody passed my books around. And I, what was funny about that was Michelle is I used to read business books. But mm-hmm. when I was in prison, I liked to read fiction because fiction was a way to let your mind kind of escape from where you were. And I, for those three years, I, I mostly read all fiction. And then um, I shared those books with, 
anybody and everybody. Um, so we all kind of had our own book club. <laughs> that's that's a good way because you said escape. It is an escape. You know, and you and you want that. You know, right. you, you want you want to be able to let your mind free and and keep your mind active. You know, mm-hmm. my thing was I was thinking about what I wrote that night when I was by the light. And I, you know, what, what my first night there, and I, I remember the, the thing that I, I wanted to get into the program that I could get a year off. It was a res, RDAP, Residential Drug Abuse Program. Mm-hmm. And mine was for uh, recommended because the guy asked me, do you drink? Do you drink every day? Do you drink to relieve your stress year under? And I said, absolutely. And so they recommended that if I got to prison, I could then ask Dr. Wells to try to get into that program. So that was, that was number one goal. Mm-hmm. My number two goal was, is to get into the best shape I've ever gotten into in my life. My number three goal was, is to find a good prison job. My number four goal was to read as many books as I could read and stay my mind active. And um, that, that was what really what got me through. Um, and, and, the, and the final thing was, is to connect with the world. I didn't know at that point how to email which was called core links. I didn't know how to talk on the phone and I needed somebody to show me how all those things worked along with all the, the inmate rules. So those were my immediate goals and I conquered those. You know, when I look back on everything that I did, I did get in the best shape of my life. I did read as many books as I had the best job on, on the campus. Um, and uh, I did, I did learn all the rules and then I ended up helping other people learn the rules. So it's, it's, it's an interesting society, and I, going back to what I, I said at the very beginning when I was standing in front of the, the wall or the, the fence, mm-hmm. the gate, nothing is ever as bad as your mind makes it out to be, not even prison. And you can adapt to so many things that you think you could never adapt to. I mean, we didn't have, we didn't have air conditioning in that prison. You know, we had those center block walls, and you know, you, you, there were five or six times in, in the summertime when you get up over 100 degrees, and it was hot. But the thing that was the worst was when it was cold because they wouldn't turn the heat on until the third week in November uh, in Kansas. And there's some cold days that happen in October and November. Yeah. And, and I remember Stroby and I, we, we'd be all, he was my roommate, my, my cellmate. And we, <laughs> we'd get our, we'd get our gray or long underwear on and then we'd get our grays on and then we'd get our hat, our hat, stocking hat on and our coat and we'd go to bed and we'd just be freezing. Wow. That to me, I, I didn't like that. As, I mean, I could handle the heat more than the cold. The cold is hard. Oh, I'm the opposite. <laughs> you could bundle up yeah i could bundle it up but the heat is like terrible for me yeah but i like what um you said i'll make sure i put this in our show notes and stuff about your immediate goals you said uh get into some programming get into the best mm-hmm. shape uh get a, a good prison job you know read mm-hmm. and connect with the world how to uh, yeah. stay connected so you know i've noticed sometimes like family members, you know, just not knowing what to do. But I I do suggest them always being encouraging, even though if they're wrongly prisoned at the time, but while they're there to just encourage them and um, encourage them with to do these things here and to just always have hope for them. You know, you give them truth, but you always say, but, you know, you never, you know, that's such a, I, such a strong thing, Michelle, in the hope. Mm-hmm. Don't ever take away hope from anyone because hope might be all they have. Right. 
And, you know, that's, and, and here's the one, uh, going back to what you asked me earlier, there is one thing that I was very lucky on as a inmate. And Mm -hmm. my time was easier because of this. Mm -hmm. My wife came to see me every weekend. And that's, and that's how we did our time. Um, My kids were at that time, one was in high school and the other two were in college and she would pick one or two or three of them along the way, on the way. And probably 30 guys got visits out of the 435 guys there. And my time would have been so much different if I wouldn't have had that because that allowed me to straddle the fence to the outside world, allowed us to keep our marriage alive with my kids. And, you know, it was always so sad when she left because, you know, we knew that was, but we also knew we were going to, we were going to make it through another week. And that's, that was our get through Monday. And then we get Wednesday's hump day and we're going to see each other. And that's, we did three years that way. And, um, it was, that was my, secret sauce to surviving <laughs> and you know the the and I feel I felt bad for the guy I and mean, a lot of guys lost their wives you know a lot a lot of people I saw that were would show up with divorce papers you know that it was so sad when that happened because the, the worst thing to happen is to get bad news in prison and then when you have something where you think you have a mate or a wife in that situation and they break off, you just feel that much. Prison's strange because it's, it's a lonely place, but you're around somebody all the time. <laughs> it's, it's the strangest thing. You're never around as many people as you'll ever be around in prison because you just are. There's people around you all the time, whether you're going to, to take a shower or, or you're going to go use the phone or you're standing in line everywhere, but it's lonely. And, you know, as much connection as you can make, mm-hmm. hopefully to the outside world. And you have people inside that you, you make connections with, but uh, mm-hmm. family is a big, uh, you know, it's, it's the magic. So you hear that family as much as you can, you know, always give hope um, and be encouraging and try not to give bad news. Um, and the other thing I can say is, is that, you know, when somebody goes to prison, the family goes to prison. Uh, I know I was there (laughs) when you, when you have a a loved one that goes to prison, you have to deal with whatever's going on on the outside. And I look at my three daughters and my wife, each one of them had to go through their own fears, their own sadness, their own way of how they dealt with everything. And we tried to help each other, you know, build each other up when they would go through that. But the family goes to prison when, when someone goes to prison. And that just, you know, talks about, that with the that's with my memoir that's going to be coming out soon a prisoner's pardon you know yeah. talking about um my experience with my twin brother mm-hmm. you know in prison in which he he's in prison now with us being twins they always asked where was he you know oh you're twins yeah we're twins so wow my daughter's is, just getting ready to have twins in august oh wow yeah. congratulations thank you, know, you. Grand, grand, excited. grandpa okay yeah. did you have to compromise any of your principles let me tell you what i think about that just because <laughs> yeah there were there were little things mm-hmm. um but not not things that i probably would have done i mean you know taking something in like uh, I, I worked at, eventually got a year and a half to work at the golf course and we got fed by uh, 
when we worked at the golf course, they fed us lunch from the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And I've never met a bowling alley menu I don't like, so it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. But I would also, from time to time, bring in a cheeseburger or something, would smuggle it back in because I would use it like to get my hair cut or <laughs> for people to wash my, you know, my laundry. So those things I did, but I never did anything that would get me like in a, in a situation where I get more time. More time. And the reason, here's the, here's the reason I say that. Because there were temptations, because there was a lot of things that go on in prison that you people get away with. Mm-hmm. My thought was, what an embarrassment it would be for me to catch another charge and get in trouble in prison. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm in prison to my family. Yeah, your kids. I mean, yeah. how, how embarrassing would that be that I got in trouble in prison and I'm in prison? Mm-hmm. So I think that was the one string strand that that kept me being me and not falling into the wrong uh, temptations of some of the things that I could have gotten involved in simply because it didn't make sense. I'm going to do my time. I don't want to get any trouble. Um, but there were things, you know, like I said, little things. Yeah, but no. And I, and, and I think that goes back to Michelle, me saying that the not to lose you. Don't don't fall into something in the circumstances and you and lose you. And don't lose you when you're on the outside. You know, you might get with some fancy people or fancy places or whatever. Those people aren't any different. Those right. people won't won't make you any happier. Always be yourself. Don't ever lose what makes you you. Right. Well, Regardless. That, that's true. When we we do have to remember that. Um and I, I do thank you for being on the show. And this is like how to get through dark times. Uh yeah. those five principles that you had. And um I like the first one, humble yourself. That's the biggest one. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that, that's, that's maybe the toughest. <laughs> I know the pride issue, you know, and then a goal and a plan, which is really like a purpose, you know, and win the day one day at a time, move on. A lot of that is forgiveness, I think. Yeah. I think about yeah. forgiveness when I think about yeah. what you're saying there and learn from your mistakes because you're going to yeah. make mistakes. I think I learned the most from my mistakes, you know, and and that gives you something to be thankful about and sure. don't, don't give in, don't give up. Those are some great strategies right there to make it through the dark times and not give in to fear and um, head towards spiraling out of control into, and getting more time. Cause you said you get institutionalized and you can be institutionalized whether you're outside or inside the prison, but that's the big thing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brent. This has been quite the meeting here to understand <laughs> well, and, I appreciate you, it. and getting through Leavenworth. So gang, you can get through anything. So, yeah. and just, you have to make that decision just like Brent did. Now, don't forget, uh, he has a book out called Nightmare Success and he has those principles in there. And I bet you a lot more stories. <laughs> that conversation with Brent Cassidy was very intriguing. I really loved hearing the stories about how he adapted to prison life. Now, here are my takeaways from my chat with Brent Cassidy. Number one, inmates can tell quickly if you've never been to prison before. Brent was fortunate enough to find someone willing to help him adjust. 
Now you also have a good chance to find someone there from the past who can help you as well. Number two, set goals and standards to fight being institutionalized and sinking into a depression. This is when people give up because they don't set any kind of goals or standards. Brent did this and this was highly successful for him. And also just include your family like he did because your family is support and they will help you keep your goals and your standards. Number three, my takeaway is take steps. For Brent, he had five. He had be humble, find your Zaywan Taneo, move past bad days, learn from your mistakes, and don't give up. All of these are great steps to take. I just want to add, all of these are also found in the Bible, specifically in Proverbs. I will note those Proverbs in the show notes. Brent, was a great guest. I hope you learned from him because I know I did. Those are my takeaways. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Until next time, I'm Michi J. Wishing you a week filled with blessings. Thanks for tuning in to the show. For more information on our guests and resources, visit prisonersparting.com. If you're enjoying the content, follow, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, please be sure to leave a rating and review. Until next time, God bless.